Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. paraphrase Mark Twain, you've heard it said, don't put all your eggs in one basket, which is a manner of saying to scatter your money and attention. But I say, put all your eggs in one basket and watch that basket. Jesus invites the rich man to put all his eggs in a different basket in our gospel reading for today. Prior to this, as Mark recounts, Jesus has been traveling throughout the region of Galilee, feeding the hungry, healing the sick, freeing people from demonic forces, giving his time and energy to those on the lowest rungs of the social ladder. He has affirmed the dignity of women and welcomed children. He has welcomed tax collectors into his inner circle. He has eaten with people who don't keep the food laws of the Old Testament. He has embraced lepers. He has taught that the greatest in the kingdom of God is a servant of all. And he has gathered disciples, students, followers, to learn from him how to be like him, how to do what he did, how to teach as he taught. And here, a potential disciple, student, follower of Jesus runs up to him, kneels before him, and says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus responds by acknowledging where the Jewish people believe life is found, in God, our creator, redeemer, sustainer, who alone is good. And in the law, God gave to Moses for the people, including the Ten Commandments. Jesus quotes here the second tablet of the Ten Commandments, those commandments that guide interactions between human beings. All of which, the rich man says, he has kept from his youth. We might find his claim hard to believe, but Jesus doesn't dispute his righteousness under the law. He looks at him in love and says, you lack one thing. The law is not enough. The law is good, but it's not sufficient. The law is not an end in and of itself. It serves a higher purpose, to build right relationship with God and each other, to foster peace and well-being among people, to point to what is beyond it, love. The rich man had been following the rules. Jesus calls the rich man to follow him. And the first step in this journey for this rich man is selling his possessions and giving the money to the poor. 
Throughout his public ministry, consistently and repeatedly, Jesus declares that you cannot serve God and wealth, that life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. He tells the parable of the rich fool who doesn't share the overflow of his harvest, the parable of the rich man who ignores the sufferings of the poor man Lazarus, the parable of the sower, in which the cares of this world and the lure of wealth choke the word of God implanted in the heart. Jesus calls out the religious authorities for enriching themselves at the expense of the poor and vulnerable, and he tells his disciples not to take money with them when they go out to preach and heal. And in this, Jesus continues in a long line of prophets, like Amos, who remind the people that we cannot disconnect how we serve God from how we serve the poor and vulnerable in our society. What we do to the least of these, we do to Christ himself. We are to care for the spiritual and physical needs of others. We are, as Amos declares, to establish justice in the gate, in the courts, in the public realm, in how we live our lives every day in this world, Monday through Sunday. Jesus calls the rich man to keep the greatest commandments, Love God with your whole being and love your neighbor as yourself. To be truly righteous, to embrace generosity and let go of his many possessions and his social status. It isn't only his wealth that Jesus is calling this rich man to leave behind, but also his social standing not only sell all of his possessions, but also give the money to the poor and so presumably become one of them. For the well-being of others, give up the privilege of having wealth. Slide down the social ladder. Jesus calls this rich man in to a community of disciples who are transforming for good the very world that dis would disregard and discard them for their lack of wealth or social standing or perceived righteousness under the law. A community of disciples who are living life differently than the power and money-hungry culture around them. A group of disciples who are loving and giving of themselves as Christ loves and gives himself for us. The rich man denies this invitation of Jesus. He can't let go of his many possessions. He is shocked that Jesus would even suggest such a thing. That Greek word for shocked, stigneso, means sadness, looking gloomy an appearance like a cloud-covered sky. 
the rich man looks at Jesus and his vision is clouded by his wealth, by his social position, by his own righteousness under the law. And so he walks away, grieving. Perhaps some of us are wondering right now how we would respond to this invitation of Jesus. The rich man's response, Jesus tells his disciples, indicates how hard it is for those with wealth to enter the kingdom of God which shocks not only the rich man, but also the disciples. They are startled by the words of Jesus that it is easier for a camel, the largest animal in the Holy Land at the time, picture a camel, to go through the eye of a needle, picture the eye of a sewing needle, than it is for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of God. In other words, it's impossible. And so the disciples ask in amazement, then who can be saved? Because in the predominant thinking of the culture of that time, as in ours today, prosperity was seen as a sign of God's favor. And poverty was seen as a sign of God's disfavor. Those who were on the higher rungs of the social ladder were somehow also closer to God. And the rich man had stated his obedience to the law. So he would be considered to be much more likely to be saved than those who broke the law. And so the disciples wonder if this wealthy, law-abiding man of social status isn't getting into the kingdom of God, who will? Jesus answers them. For human beings, it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. When you think about it, the rich man's initial question was misguided. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Inheritance is not something we do. By definition, Inheritance is a gift founded in relationship, a treasure bestowed on people beloved. It is given, not earned, merited, or deserved. No one is getting into the kingdom of God on our own. No matter how good or bad we think we are, no matter how well or poorly our society treats us, no matter how much we strive to accomplish or achieve, we cannot, on our own, earn... I'm so sorry. Okay, just one more time and I'll get it. It is impossible for us, fallen and fragile as we are. Jesus answers them. For human beings... It is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. When you think about it, 
The rich man's initial question was misguided. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Inheritance is not something we do. By definition, inheritance is a gift given in relationship, a treasure bestowed on people beloved. It is given, not earned, merited, or deserved. No matter how good or bad we think we are, no matter how well or poorly our society treats us, no matter how much we strive to accumulate or achieve, it is impossible for us, fallen and fragile as we are, to save ourselves. But with God, all things are possible. An inheritance is generally given when someone dies. Jesus speaks these words as he is on his journey to Jerusalem, where he will suffer and die and rise again to life, giving his life for ours, sacrificing himself for our salvation. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, God with us, who emptied himself and joined with us in our humanity, who descended all the way down from heaven to earth, who fulfills the righteousness we cannot. In his life, death, and resurrection from the dead, he has taken our sin, suffering, and death as his own and given us his forgiveness, salvation, and life eternal. He has made a place for us in the kingdom of God, now and forever. No matter how good or bad we think we are, no matter how well or poorly our society treats us, no matter how much we strive to accumulate or achieve, we are saved by grace through faith in Christ, not our works it is a gift of God who loves us fully and forever. An inheritance bestowed on the beloved children of God. We have, as the author of Hebrews writes, a high priest, Jesus Christ, who is able to sympathize with our weakness, who was tested in every way as we are and yet without sin, who knows us better than we know ourselves, and who does not ask anything of us that he did not himself give. It is because Jesus loves the rich man that Jesus calls him to come and follow Jesus. And perhaps at some point, the rich man changed his mind and turned around. It is because he loves us that Jesus calls us to do the same. Come and follow him. Learn from him how to be like him. Love God and all our neighbors. Be truly righteous. Embrace generosity and give of our time, talents, and treasures for the work of the Lord as we feel called and able 
to do so. In his TED Talk, researcher Michael Norton says that if you think money can't buy happiness, it's because you're not spending it right. He asserts that the reason money makes us unhappy is because we're always spending it on ourselves. In studies done by his team in countries throughout the world, they discovered a direct correlation between spending money on others and increased happiness. And so Norton advises, think less about how I can spend money on myself and more about what I can do to benefit other people. As Jesus taught the rich man, as Jesus taught his disciples, as Jesus teaches us, life is not in following the rules or accumulating wealth or getting ahead. Life is in Christ. And so may we put all our eggs in the basket of his love. May we go and give to the poor. May we come and follow Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're doing this every week, so make sure to subscribe. If you'd like more information about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.